Welcome to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. With your host, Steve Garrett, moderator of the world's largest Corvette website, CorvetteForum.com. MC and DJ at one of the largest Corvette weekends in the country, Corvette Fun Fest. President of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri. And radio disc jockey at the number one radio station in Kansas City for over 40 years. Here's Steve Garrett. Thanks for listening to Corvette Today. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. Welcome. I'd like to first of all thank our flagship sponsors of Corvette Today, Hendrick Chevrolet of Kansas City. Hendrick is the largest seller of Corvettes in the Kansas City area, and they ship nationwide. Visit ChevyUSA.com or call them at 913-384-1550. That's 913-384-1550. Another flagship sponsor of Corvette today is MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. If you'd like to join a new vibrant forum that focuses on the new mid-engine C8 Corvette, it's absolutely free to join this friendly Corvette community. You'll meet a lot of fellow Corvette enthusiasts just like yourself at MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. My guest today is a lifetime member of the National Corvette Museum and actually the founder of of midenginecorvetteform.com. You know him on Corvette Form and Midengine Corvette Form simply as Elegant. Meet John Elegant. John, great to have you on Corvette today. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Steve. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Well, thank you, sir. It's great to have you here on Corvette today. Let's talk about the early years of John Elegant. When did you start your love for cars? When I was growing up, there was a picture on the mantle that didn't make sense to me until I was a little older. And there's a picture of a two-year-old sitting, standing on the front seat of his parents' 1950 Chevrolet, hands on the 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock position, looking over the front hood. So that's where it started. I'm told that it continued when I was four years of age, and I wouldn't go to sleep unless my parents read me a book called Johnny's Machines with police car and a dump truck and a fire truck, but no Corvette. Oh, well, that's a cute story, though. Now, when did you start getting into Corvettes then? It was quite a while. We always had food on the table, but we're far from having enough. Meat was rationed out at our house while we were growing up. So Corvettes were later in life. But then in my junior year in high school, I saw a 63 split window coupe, three weeks old. In fact, I got invited for a ride in it, and that started the addiction. That was my addiction, too, and it sounds like a lot of people started getting into Corvettes when that 63 split window came out, and ironically, it was just a one-year car, which is a big disappointment. It was life-changing for me as for you and others. I remember it as if it was yesterday. Sebring Silver, red interior, 340 horse. It was three or four weeks old, factory air, factory four-speed. And looking at those rear windows still makes all of our hearts flutter. It does. Now, was that your first ride in your first Corvette? It was. Many, many, many years after that, the first time I actually drove a Corvette was when we got our first one ourselves. And that was 1998, our first C5. When you were married and you and your wife, Annie, got your first Corvette, right? Yes. Girls came first, put them through college, built our own house ourselves, and... It was never money for a Corvette until we paid for the last semester of the youngest college seniors last semester. And then it was time, Annie said, time for you to get your Corvette. You know, that's funny you say that because my story was pretty much the same way. I have one daughter, paid for college, 
Credit cards were taken care of. There was no credit card debt. My house was paid off. One of my best friends here in Kansas City said, it's time for you to do something for yourself. And I uh -huh. and I hemmed and hawed, and he said, Steve, get the damn car. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. And I did. And I've never looked back, obviously. John, have you ever worked in the automotive industry? I did, and it was a good motivator for me. It was the 60s when people were dropping out of college to find themselves. I was hired to be a summer fill-in at a four-letter plant, a Ford plant in New Jersey. And so I would report to work at 6 in the morning and get assigned to do a certain job for a week or two. It was 106 in the plant when I walked in, Ooh. and 116, 118 when I walked out, and the jobs were physically brutal. And there's a reason I don't own a Mustang and why I own a Corvette <laughs> when that started. And then later on in life, I was responsible with fantastic staff working for and with me to maintain a fleet of 650 vehicles for the capital city of Oregon, all the way to million and a half dollar fire trucks. But we didn't have a Corvette. Wow, that's amazing. So you and Annie bought your first Corvette, which was a C5, after you got your kids through college. Yep. And then we got on the road and the first place we went, and this won't surprise anybody, we live in Oregon, was a road trip to the National Corvette Museum and a tour of Bowling Green Assembly Plant. There you go. That's a great first road trip for sure. So how many Corvettes have you guys owned then? It's one a generation for financial reasons. We had a C5, Z51. Interesting story through a dealer mistake. He ordered the Z51. We couldn't afford it or we chose not to afford it. And when it arrived, he said, my mistake, and I'll pay the overage for you to have that option for free, which was nice. And then we traded in, got a C6 Z06, traded in, got a C7 Z06, first week of manufacture, and then traded it in. And from Mike Furman at Criswell, we have a C8. Well, talk more about the C8. This is a great spec and a wonderful build. The car is fantastic, like everybody. I wish the plant were back in production. It's so sad for the Corvette team itself and for those who've been waiting so long. The car is magnificent. It's a combination of a wonderfully easy daily driver. It is so easy to drive this car. It's the opposite of temperamental. And at the same time, if you jump on the throttle, Hold on, Nelly. I mean, zero to 60 in under three seconds. It's, and I've driven it at Spring Mountain, thanks to GM, for a couple of days there. And it's an amazingly, I won't say ferocious, but it's a staggeringly exciting, dynamic, alive sports car on the track and anywhere in between. Tell us what you chose as far as your spec goes for your C8. Our first C5 was black, and we thought it was for us to go back, so it's black. It's got the two-tone blue interior, Z51 mag ride, 3LT, high wing, front lift, and more. We loaded it up, even though we said at the beginning, we'll go Cobb on this generation. But when the spec book was in front of us, we went crazy. That's great. And it's nice to hear that your wife is enthusiastic about it as you are, too. Our happiest times are on road trips in a Corvette driving across this magnificent country, the scenery, people you get to meet. Sometimes the end destination, typically, is the National Corvette Museum's Bash. See friends, Corvette friends. Yeah, Annie and I love being on the road. We've been on the road over 300,000 miles in our life. Wow. I'm not talking, yeah, road trips we're talking. About, oh, I'd say 120,000, 130,000 of that's in Corvettes because we couldn't afford one when we were younger. We just love the road. That's amazing, John. I tell you what, 
Let's take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about your forum, midenginecorvetteforum.com. You're listening to Corvette Today, the podcast. Hey, honey, are you awake? Mm, I am now. I can't sleep. Since turning 50, I keep dreaming of a red door and a blue door, somehow knowing there are only choices for retirement. Okay. Through the red door, we outlive our money. We have to rely on our kids. We're stuck on a fixed income. It's terrifying. Yeah, that would suck. But through the blue door, our money outlives us. We retire on our terms. Our kids stay our kids, not our caretakers. We make work options. Yes, that's much better. That's what I want too. But what do we do? We call True Wealth and Company at 913-653-8783. They specialize in helping successful people make work optional. They're our fiduciary Blue Door personal wealth managers. Hey, where are you going? It's 3 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm going to check out True Wealth and Company online at retirewithtrue.com. That Blue Door is going to be our retirement. 913-653-8783. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. Investment advice offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas. This is the Corvette Today podcast with Steve Garrett. Thanks for listening to Corvette Today. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. Welcome. We're talking today with John Elegant. John is a lifetime member of the National Corvette Museum and also the founder of midenginecorvetteforum.com. In segment number two, this one, we're going to talk more about that. John, talk about your idea to start midenginecorvetteforum.com. Just like there are different sized Corvette clubs that appeal to different people. I mean, I look at the Lone Star Corvette Club with over 800 members and small clubs with 15. And our particular club where I live is 80. They're choices and we all get to feel most comfortable in different kinds of environments. I say we because I founded the Mid-Engine Corvette Forum with Keith Cornett, Corvette blogger, one of your podcast stars earlier, and another friend. Three of us wanted to start a forum that was a friendly, helpful, catering to sharing positive information place. And we started it. We thought it was fitting on July 4th, less than two years ago, for it is America's sports car. Now, Mid-Engine Corvette Forum is catching on also with some of the automotive publications in the industry. Talk a little bit about that and where you guys have been quoted so far. To us, a forum has credibility if it is fun, if you have nice members if you have content and if you have software to back up that content. If you don't have content, folks start to drift away. So we have been specializing on sharing factual information. For example, the Mid-Engine Corvette Forum is the only place you will find 23 actual or potential C8 patents. Uh, Many of them have become on the car, as we learned, and we know some of those patents are real and are going to be on future models of the C8. And as a result of us having unique and factual content, we have been cited and linked by Road and Track, Motor Trend, Auto Week, over 25 major auto media companies over 150 times as a source, been linked, and we're proud of that. We're also very proud of the fact that the Mid-Engine Corvette Forum has an excellent relationship with the Corvette team. They're good folks. We are not chill for GM but we are excited about Corvettes. I just communicated with Harlan this morning. We share information. And as one of the top members of the Corvette team said, the Mid-Engine Corvette Forum gives us a fair shake. And that's all we ever ask of a forum. Very nice. Now, how do you see the evolution of the midenginecorvetteforum.com website as we move more into the C8? We will have specialized sections that will relate to future models. I think Don Haggerty 
uh, Don Sherman at Haggerty outed the internal GM document a few weeks ago as to the, we're going to have all-wheel drive, and we're going to have hybrids, and we're going to have right-hand drive. Now, some of that was rumored, and some of it was probable. It's going to be a very exciting generation. I learned in talking with Ed Piatek, the chief Corvette engineer, that this is not going to be a short generation. They've got a lot more ideas up their sleeve and a lot more things they're working on right now. The entry C8 is so amazingly exciting to me to be able to go under three seconds, be faster to 60 than a $1.4 million McLaren Senna. I mean, we're starting from such an amazing base. That's true. And it's good to hear that the C8 is going to have a long shelf life as well. It is for those of us who love it. What I find most interesting is the evolution of the traditional Corvette person. When I first started to do presentations on the C8 to my Corvette club, lots of traditional members, other than the person who is the current president, other than he and I, there was no interest in the car. In fact, one of the members of our club, she's personally owned 20 Corvettes over her life. She called the C8 the ugliest Corvette ever made. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. That's her opinion. She hasn't changed too much, but her husband said, there might well be a C8 in our future. <laughs> uh, yeah. What has happened over the last two years as I've done my monthly 10-minute tech talks is that the interest has grown in the C8. Even people who didn't like it are now excited by it. I'm not saying they're going to get one, but they appreciate it that it's a great Corvette like all the previous seven generations. It's nice to hear some of the people that are late adopters or are not really loving the car immediately have slowly but surely come around. I was so fortunate to be invited by General Motors to both the reveals of the coupe in Tustin and then the hardtop convertible. I was pleasantly surprised that our Corvette club had a watch party to watch it live on 7, 18, 19. And between the people in our club who watched it in the club event or watched it at home, about half of our club did. Whereas just a year to 15 months before that, there was only two of us who liked it and about 75 who didn't like it. So it's evolving. It's nice to hear you say that because with me being the president of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri, we also had a watch party at our monthly meeting on that night, and we had the largest attendance that we've ever had, and our Corvette Club in Kansas City is over 250 members, and we wow. we really packed the restaurant for the mid-engine reveal. That was really a lot of fun, and it was great for you to be there in person. I have been so fortunate and treated so well by General Motors. Be invited to the reveals. It's just been truly life events. I've been to probably seven Corvette reveals over the last 15 years. It's just a special emotional time to be there, to be able to have one-to-one -one conversations with the top members of the Corvette team on the side. I'm very fortunate. At the same time, I want to also say that we are not automatic because it's a Corvette. It's perfect. I've posted on the mid-engine Corvette forum, hey, I don't like the rear spoiler on the Z51. So just because we're a friendly forum doesn't mean we're not entitled to have opinions. We don't always like every aspect of the car. I chose to get a high wing because I don't like the Z51 spoiler. And it is a special relationship that the mid-engine Corvette forum has with media and with General Motors. As a matter of fact, I want to take a quick break, but in our third segment, I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about your relationship with the Corvette team and how all that goes. Thanks for listening today. You're listening to Corvette Today, the podcast.
fact. According to the March of Dimes, 40,000 babies are born each year in the United States with heart defects. At Athletic Testing Solutions, we take that, well, to heart. ATS offers the ATS Heart Check, a series of non-invasive tests to identify possible hidden heart defects in your kid's heart. Frequently, the symptoms of sudden cardiac arrest are masked or misdiagnosed. The ATS Heart Check can help detect congenital heart problems or abnormalities that don't show up during regular checkups or a sports physical. Have you ever wondered about your child's heart health? The ATS Heart Check is a terrific option, and it gives you peace of mind that your child is heart safe. Sudden cardiac arrest claims on average 130 young lives each week. Don't let your kids be a statistic. The ATS heart check only takes 20 to 30 minutes and utilizes an EKG and echocardiogram ultrasound of the heart. Visit ATSHeartCheck.com to schedule your child today or call toll-free at 888-537-2597. 888-537-2597. You're listening to the Corvette Today podcast with Steve Garrett. You're listening to Corvette Today, the podcast. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. We're visiting today with a National Corvette Museum lifetime member and the founder of MidEngineCorvetteForum.com, John Elegant. You know him on MidEngineCorvetteForum.com as well as CorvetteForum.com, just as the word elegant, which is absolutely, totally, positively fitting. John, we talked in segment two about your relationship with the Corvette team. Let's elaborate on that. Talk about that relationship, you getting to go to launch reveals, and your communication with the team. I live my life now quite differently than I was as a teenager. I treat people with respect, and I always have treated others that way. Uh, We describe our environment at the Mid-Engine Corvette Forum kind of like you'd talk to a good friend. So if they showed up at your house with a chartreuse car, you wouldn't say, oh, that's an ugly piece. You'd say, well, that has a heck of a good motor in it. And that's been my relationship with the Corvette teams, as I say, about 15 years ago. I treat them with respect. We are so fortunate to have such a tiny group of engineers, men and women who care so deeply, who work so hard to create such a great car so that we can all enjoy it. And over the years, I've developed some relationships with them, not name dropping. I treat them with respect. And maybe an example of that is when the C8 order guide came out, there was a few mistakes in it. Well, it's got over a thousand items. And rather than posting on either Corvette Forum or the mid-engine Corvette Forum, Oh, those dummies, they don't even know their own product or something negative. That's not my style. That's not the style of the mid-engine Corvette Forum. I wrote a private email to Harlan with a screen print circled on the thing that I thought was wrong. And it was Saturday night, about 11 o'clock his time. And I got a response back in five minutes. Hey, thanks, John. That is a mistake. We'll fix it. And they did within the next release two days later. That's amazing. I learned I never email any members of the Corvette team on the weekend. I didn't want to intrude in their private lives. I reach out to them not often, but when I do try and be helpful, provide information, I just sent a review by a professional driver who's won races above sports car SCCA championships talking about the handling of the C8. I sent that to Taj and he said, hey, thanks, John. I hadn't seen that. And it was one in which he said, there's no understeer. Braking is fine. And some of the things that had been mentioned in media on the pre-prototypes that were driven six months earlier. So I don't communicate with them often, but when I do, it's to share information and to ask questions. And they're very supportive. 
That's great. It's nice to have communication with those people because then you get access to releases, drives, media events, and things like that as well. That is a really nice product. Now, there's part of the way I've built this relationship is I understand they never talk about future product and I never insult them about asking. That's confidential. They want to keep their jobs. So I will never reach out and ask for any inside baseball information. A member of the forum may post, well, what about the E60 lift? How do you lower the rear? This is early on last August. So I thought I knew, but I sent an email to a Corvette engineer and said, this is what we're thinking. Is this correct for me to respond this way? And I got a response back later that day. So it's to share information that's accurate is primarily why and how I communicate with them. That's wonderful that you have that kind of relationship with key members of the Corvette team. With you living in Oregon, John, talk about the shows that you attend and how do you get there? It sounds like you and Annie love road trips, obviously, but what shows do you like to go to? We choose a lot to go to unjudged small town shows where there's a ton of different cars there from a street rod to a 55 T-Bird to a mix. And as I say, we often will go to a small town show, maybe be one of two or three Corvettes there. We sometimes go to big shows, our own Corvette club, Willamette Valley Corvette Association. Last June had the largest Corvette show in the state. We had 170 Corvettes only show. Wow. So we do those shows too which is a lot for Oregon. There aren't that many Corvettes per population in Oregon, as you'd find in the Southern states and Southern California. But we often go to shows that are different than the normal. And while we have a whole bunch of hardware and trophies, that's not why we go to shows. We go to hang out and answer questions and enjoy meeting with people and to present the Corvette. That's great. So tell me about maybe one of your more memorable road trips with you and Annie going to maybe some of these shows that are not necessarily strictly Corvette shows. Well, we've been on five National Corvette Caravans. Those are kind of like moving car shows. Those are a treat, of course, ending up at the National Corvette Museum in Bowling Green. One of the road trips that we dearly loved was we call it our Four Corners trip. We live in Oregon. We went north to Washington, went through parts of Canada, northern U.S., went to Maine, down to Florida, San Diego, and home, 9,666 miles, and went to a couple of tiny little shows. I mean, 30 cars in a small town. We just happened to be driving through the town, and there's a car show, and we looked at each other and said, let's pull it. Nice. So, yeah, it was fun. Nice people. And they said, you're from Oregon? I think we were in Arkansas at that point. Yeah, we just enjoy it. People are so friendly. And when you have a Corvette, there's so many who that's their aspiration. And whether they choose to buy one, whether they can afford it or not, many people just enjoy coming over and visiting and, and learning about the car. That's true. Talk about your relationship with the National Corvette Museum. I know you're a lifetime member, obviously. We've been talking about that. But talk about your relationship with the museum and the people there at the museum. They are a special bunch of people, the staff at the National Corvette Museum. We've been there probably an average of more than once a year, even though we live in Oregon. And almost all of those are road trips. We are lifetime members. We are annual donors. It was, as I said earlier, where we went on our first Corvette road trip. And we met Dave Hill. We happened to be selected one of our cars in their car show for their circle of honor when it was only the circle on the east side as opposed to now two different circles. And Dave Hill came over 
we'd owned our car just a few months. And he said, tell me, what did I do wrong in the car? This is a 98 Corvette. Wow. What should I improve on it? <laughs> My response to him was, wow, this is rich. Here's the chief engineer and asking us what he, we should do to improve the car. And I told him some things that I liked. And then he said, and I like this. And he said, no, no, no. I don't want to know about what you like. I want to know what I need to do better. And we told him. Wow. And there were changes made in the 2000s, not because we mentioned them. For example, the carpeting, if you call it that, in the trunk. I said, Dave, it's kind of cheap. If you don't comb it the right way, you can see the light-colored base of the fibers. So he said, well, I didn't know that. So we took him to the trunk and showed him that. He said, you're right. And I showed him how I combed it so it looked good. And you didn't see the lighter-colored bases. I'll fix that for 2,000 years. And That's great. That's amazing. <laughs> the chief engineer at Corvette, and you're helping him make changes and improvements on the car. That's very cool. We've just been in the right place at the right time, like everybody. Sometimes you are in life, and sometimes you're not. But as far as the Corvette, it's been a series of... We've been very fortunate. You have been, John, and it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. It's been my pleasure, and it's always good to talk with you, Steve. Thank you, John. That is John Elegant, the lifetime member of the National Corvette Museum and also the founder of MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. Once again, I want to thank our flagship sponsors, Hendrick Chevrolet of Kansas City. Visit ChevyUSA.com and also MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. Don't forget, you can listen to Corvette Today now on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and Overcast. You can also listen to Corvette Today on your smart device as well. Just say, hey Alexa, or hey Google, play the podcast called Corvette Today, and you're connected. Sign up for Corvette Today notifications, updates, and information at corvettetoday.ck.page. Thanks for listening today. This is Corvette Today, the podcast. You've been listening to Corvette Today with Steve Garrett. If you'd like to contact Steve with any thoughts on the podcast or ideas for guests on Corvette Today, you can email him at stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. That's stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. Garrett has two R's and two T's. Or connect with Steve on social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using at stevegarrettdj. Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today.